This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy Vio, here with Kevin, Will, and Jadarius. And we'll talk a little bit about the uh, Panther news that's came up late, uh, lately. Uh, signed ourselves a new player from the uh, New Orleans Saints. Um, and uh, we'll talk about uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Apple, I believe his name is. A lot of, a lot of fans are uh, excited about that pick, which is, which is you know, understandable. You know, um, it's always nice to have a, 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 a cornerback that's been around, the, been around the block a little bit. So we'll talk about that. Um, hold on, let me find that real quick. And we'll talk about um, Coach Rule uh, and his statements. And, of course, uh, you know, we'll talk about one. Uh, we're going to talk about Drew Brees, man. Um, we're going we're gonna to touch on that because it's a, it's a volatile situation going on right now across this country. Um, and um, I, th- I think a, a lack of understanding has driven a wedge in places that does not need to exist. So we're gonna we're gonna touch on that and uh, give give you our thoughts on um, on Drew and um, uh, how we how we feel about that and you know of course what everybody's talking about. Um, these these are um, scary times for people. You know, um, of course, related on where you live and things of that nature. Um, these are um, uncertain times, which equates to you know somewhat scary times. You know, and you know COVID and this, that, and the third, and it was uh, it's interesting. But you know, hey, we're glad you're here with the Four Man Rush podcast because uh, we're going to give it to you straight, and uh, we uh, we give a damn, and we're gonna we're gonna express that. So, hold on to your hats, folks, and welcome to another Four Man Rush podcast. So, we'll start with uh, Jadarius, then we head over to Will, and then Kevin will bring you up on the old. Uh, Oh, a home run hitter. Oh. So, uh, Jadarius, we'll start off with um, talk, talk about Mr. Apple from uh, former uh, Saints uh, defensive back. Um, what what do you know about Mr. Apple, and how do you how do you feel about this uh, this signing? But originally, uh, I was expecting to sign a, a more veteran cornerback, a guy like maybe Darquez Bernard or. Another guy, uh, but I can see why. Um, part of the reason why I can see why is the age there. He's only 24. He's been in the league four years. Um, I was a fan of his Ohio State tape. He was taken uh, too high in the draft, in my opinion. He went uh, 10th pick to the Giants. Hmm. Didn't necessarily live up to that. Um, they they drafted him to be um, their, their guy, their lockdown guy, but um, – even though he did display some um, some traits there, like he he, he displayed some great recovery speed um, on the boundary, mm-hmm. but he didn't necessarily live up to the hype. Um, but yeah, he fits what what rule and snow love in, in corners, which is um, they want their length, they want their speed um, to be able to to contain guys and man coverage on the outside. So from that perspective, I can definitely understand why. Um, hopefully, um, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing if he can perform. If he performs, then maybe a second contract's on the way. It's only a one-year contract, so um, this signing is uh, 
after Will has kind of talked me off a ledge there. Um, it's a it's a it's a low risk, high reward type type move. Right on, right on. Oh, Will, what you know about Mr. Apple? How you feel about this signing, bud? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually very familiar with him. You know, before all of this stuff worldwide has been going on, I was planning on doing an Eli Apple breakdown. I had probably 40 coverage reps saved on my iPad, but then things got real, so I got kind of distracted off of it and couldn't finish it right away. But I got something coming for y'all soon. But just what I saw, it's more of a confidence issue. You know, I'm not going to lie to y'all and say that he's played well over the last four years. I mean, he's probably a draft bust. At this point, it's safe to say that the Giants selected him 10 overall and he hasn't lived up to it. He, you know, he was inconsistent in both his time in New York and New Orleans. His coverage stats and ball production isn't impressive at all. And, you know, he just has a lot of lowlights that you can look up for yourself. But I think it's not about that when Matt Rule evaluates talent. He trusts his coach's ability to develop players with elite traits. And as far as traits, you can't deny that about Eli Apple. He's got 4-4 track speed. He's got good height, length. And that's what Matt Rule stresses, height, weight, speed, that HWS. So I think that's what that's the one bit of optimism I have about this signing is the coaching staff believes that they can develop guys with elite traits that Eli Apple possesses. And when you watch them on film, it comes down to confidence. You know, like he'll play in off coverage. He'll start in his back pedal. He'll turn and run, flip his hips while he still has a little bit of a large cushion to give. So that just shows me on those reps, he's afraid of getting beat deep. That comes down to confidence. You know, he, he gets called for a lot of penalties and the pass interference and holding and illegal contact plays that I saw. I mean, he was in perfect position and didn't even need to do it. So, again, that comes down to confidence. It's mental. So can this coaching staff get in his head and give this guy that mental confidence he needs to be able to play consistently at a high level? And that's what we need to see. But I think, you know, I'm not going to convince anybody that he's a great player based on the way he's performed thus far in the league. But on the flip side, he does have elite traits. I mean, he's still very young, man. I mean, the guy was 20 years old when he entered the league. You got a 20-year-old kid guarding grown-ass men. <laughs> you know, I mean, what right. do you expect? <laughs> Come in and dominate. He's still younger than Will Greer, who's a second-year player. He's only four months older than Dante Jackson, who's a third-year player. So he just came into the league very young, inexperienced. You know, he lacks confidence. So I still think there's some hope, and we'll see what happens. I just think the height, weight, speed, and the youth – He's not done yet. He's got a lot of good football left in him. We just have to hope that Matt Rule, defensive backs coach Jason Simmons, Evan Cooper, and this defensive staff, Phil Snow, can get the best out of him. So we'll see. So that's one thing we had to be excited about this signing. Mm, right on, man. Right on. And Mr. Kevin Avery, what you, what you think, bud? Yeah, well, for me, I was – I wasn't too – how can I put it? I wasn't too down uh, that we got Eli Apple. I just – I feel like, you know, out of the cornerbacks that was left, um, either him or Dunnard will probably be a, a good fit for us. But based on the uh, health, you know, background of Dunnard, 
I think that was something that probably um, took him off of our our target list because you know the best the best ability is availability, and uh, from what I saw, he hadn't played a full sixteen games since like two thousand and fifteen, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, when you rebuild and and you want to establish things, you want to make sure you got someone that's that's there. So enters Eli Apple. Um, you know, watching him at Ohio State. I really thought he was going to be, you know, continue the line of great, you know, cornerbacks that come in and take over and dominate the NFL. You've seen, you know, other Ohio State alumni do it, such as, you know, his teammate, you know, um, Marcus Lattimore uh, of the Saints, uh, Von Bell, who plays safety. You know, he's from Ohio State. So we've seen those guys, you know, come into the league and do good. Uh, for one reason or the other, as Will stated, um, he just he just he just struggled, and even though he went from a low win team with the Giants to a playoff contender like the Saints, for whatever reason, it still seemed like he could never never really to get it to just come fully together. And you know, when I think of Eli Apple, you know, as was already stated, I think of the you know a lot of the bad plays. To be honest, um, I'm just gonna be honest with you as a Panthers fan. When I saw him, I was like, "Ooh, please let him cover DJ Moore. Oh, please let him cover Curtis Samuel. You know, like, like he was that guy that I hope. Yeah. <laughs> excuse me, I hope that we targeted. But when I looked into it, did a little bit of digging here, uh, he was suffering with an ankle injury throughout 2019. Now, I'm not trying to make excuses, but you know, when you're playing cornerback, you know, if you got bad ankles, that's 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 probably one of the reasons that led into what Will was stating about. I mean, confidence issues, because if your ankle's bothering you and you're playing off coverage or you, you're doing all this extra stuff, you know, you fear, you know, you're not confident in your body to better do what you needed to do. But just for the fact that Matt Rule looked at his traits and he spoke on it today as as the, um, you know, being elite, I'm just going to I'm just going to roll. I'm just going to trust with, uh, with, with what they've been saying, because, uh, you know, a lot of us Panther fans have been. Kind of still, even though we drafted two cornerbacks, still kind of moaning and grumbling. Oh, that's you know, you know, we got the ones that don't think Troy Pride is going to do well, JD, and um, we also got a couple other, you know, that think Dante Jackson's not ready to step up either. So it was still some concern at cornerback. So you know, a guy that's already been through a lot of adversity, I think a fresh start, you know, with a one year deal, like a prove it deal you know, could be, you know, what he needs. And I'm just, you know, if anyone has opportunity to revive his career and to make it into something, I think, you know, with what we're hearing, how Matt Rule does things, I think this is the right situation for uh, for Eli Apple to take advantage of. Uh, there's definitely an open spot. You know, I don't I don't see any cornerback spot being, quote, marked down. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Dante Jackson, but, uh, you know, let the best man win, you know, prove it. You know, nothing should be given to you at all. So uh, I just look at him come in and, and compete and and to embrace the nuances of how Matt Rule and Phil Snow, particularly his defense coordinator, is going to be, you know, using him, coaching him up, you know, the secondary coaches uh, that we got. You know, I'm just curious to see how how the, um, the training and the coaching helps him. And like I said, this could be the ultimate low risk, high reward. That could pay off. So for those of us that's, you know, thinking ill now could be fans later. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity for him. Right on, man. Right on. Um, I haven't been I haven't been an Eli Apple 
fan myself personally. Uh, I haven't really followed the gentleman like that, but um, judging on his body of work in in, in terms of his his uh, his uh, athletic prowess, I mean, he, he can be a nice addition. Um, like you said, if he if we can just uh, you know get him to <laughs> play some play some smart football, we, we might be all right. Might be all right. Now that front line is going to help help his coverage ability. You know that's that's for sure. But you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. So, uh, next topic, Coach Rule. Uh, I had some comments today, um, or recently, about about the uh, the world around us. Um, Jadarius, you wanna you wanna hop on that and uh, give us your thoughts on that, please? Yeah, uh, Coach Rule is an extremely eloquent uh, man. He uh, he's able to present information in a way that. Uh, gets people to understand how he believes and then also to pull them on the wagon with them. But um, his comments was really speaking out against racism in, in, in every form. And he's like, uh, like, like a lot of leaders today are coming out and saying uh, it may not be blatant racism, but if it's systematic, then we have to kill it as well. So mm-hmm. um, I think he did an excellent job of, uh, of filling out the temperature of the room and understanding where we are as a country and as a society and then um, presenting information and a, and an ideology that um, will help us, will help us push the, uh, the narrative forward and not backwards. Right on. And we, we definitely need to move forward folks. That's for damn sure. Uh, will. I thought he hit a home run. I think, you know, he, he addressed issues that a lot of coaches around the league, won't address. You know, he admitted that, you know, as a white man and with his family, they don't experience, I'm just kind of paraphrasing, but they don't really experience this every day. So it's easy for them to just ignore it, dismiss it, and say, you know, distance themselves from it because it just makes them uncomfortable to kind of attack these topics head on. But he just, you know, he hit it on the head by just saying it's just time for us to sit down, listen, understand where these guys are coming from and be a part of the solution. And it's just good to hear that from a head coach of your organization. And I just think with the Tepper era, this is the one thing that stands out to me so far. He took a chance on Eric Reed when no other teams would. And I think he would also green light a Colin Kaepernick signing. If it came to that, I just think with um, Kyle Allen, playing so well last year. He started 6-1 and one as a starting quarterback. You can't really bench a guy, you know, with that kind of hot start. Right. And they just drafted a kid, Will Greer, in the third round. So you kind of got to see what you have in him. There just never was really a chance to bring in a guy like Kaepernick and, you know, get in the way of the development of the young guys you had on your roster. But mm. it's between what Matt Rule's saying, David Tepper's actions, what he does, in the community as well. It's just really good to see the Panthers as a cutting edge, you know, leading forward thinking organization. And I think that's one of the things that makes you proud to be a fan of this football team. Mm. Mm. Well said. Well said. It's nice to have leadership like that in, in, in the locker room. Huh? Uh, Kev. Yo, what I liked about, you know, what Rude done was that he was able to, take a step back and 
assess the temperature of the situations and uh, and do the right thing. Um, that's one of the things that you know I like about him is that he's very calculated when he speaks. Uh, you know, when he spoke to the team on Friday, they they actually had a session where a some sort of comedian was supposed to come in and you know just kind of you know during the virtual training and and things and just to you know kind of give a lighthearted mood. But you know, Matt Rule felt like that now is not the time to be you know quote having jokes and laughing with everything that's going on. So he decided to counsel that. Uh, I just like the fact that he just seems to not mind you know, learning, it's okay to say I don't have all the answers, but what I can do mm. is position myself where that me and my wife can look at our kids and go down the road and tell them that we chose to stand on the right side of history. You know, these are his words. So he's already thinking that the moves that he makes during this time now will have a an effect, whether positive or negative, down the road. And he's looking to make sure that it's on the positive side. So... You know, he's been very supportive of all the Panther players who've been involved with the marching, uh, with the peaceful protests. Uh, he's given them his full support. Uh, I just like the fact that uh, he just seems to really, even though he hasn't physically met with the team, uh, I just like the fact that he just is able to use the platform and during these unprecedented times, especially for the NFL, to, you know, make the right decisions and say the right things. So, uh, by me, Coach Rule is uh, he's he's showing the, the skills that beyond the football uh, field, beyond the S's and O's that I like. And, you know, even though he's a college coach, I'm starting to see that he shows some characteristics of being a coach that could potentially show that he's going to be a leader of men just based off of character, uh, based off of morals and just based on, you know, pretty much having common sense. Knowing when to say something, knowing when not to say something. So I like that about him. Right on. Right on. Yeah, Coach Rule. I'm, I'm, I'm getting more and more comfortable with this pick. Good job, Tepper. Good job. Good job. Okay. <clears throat> Go ahead and stretch out for this one. So, um. Controversy time. Wow, it's not even controversial, man. It's just, this is just truth right here, fam. It's, this is truth for you, for you Panther folks right here. We're, we're going to talk about this because we're all, we're all living in the same country, right? And we all seen the same things. You, you you can't you cannot mis misconstrue what what happened in, in Minneapolis. I mean, that's pretty pretty obvious. Um, so I mean, we're, so Drew Brees has some words to say. Okay, anybody does anybody have the quote on hand? I have it. Give me one second. I can pull it real fast. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Um, so, so Drew Brees has some things to say about the um, the protesting and the the rioting and uh, obviously the looting and things of that nature that's going on. Um, and um, it was a it's an interesting point of view. Now, there's some people out out there in America who feel this way. Uh, but um, you know, it, it depends on what side of the tracks you you come from and. You know, if if you're if you're old school, kind of like Kevin and myself, you when, when I say what side of the tracks, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, um, <clears throat> if, if yeah, if if you're not if you're not clued in on redlining and what that means, um, you, know, you can grab a history book and Google it. Okay, okay. Anyway, um, 
So yeah, Breeze Breeze seems to feel that you know um, he's he's kind of pissed off about that. He's kind of pissed off about that. Not necessarily about um, the. Uh, well, I guess, I guess I guess he he said that he was upset about um, um, obviously the um, the police brutality situation, but he's he was kind of pissed off that people were protesting like they were. Um, so Jader, you got you got that, Jay? Yeah, I got it. Oh, what what's so, the, what Bree say, man? So, um, essentially, what was going on was he he was having a Skype interview with the interviewer, mm-hmm. and the interviewer asked them um, what the po- political climate that's going on today um, in the NFL season up in the wings. Um, would you be surprised to see um, black athletes or athletes in general take a knee during the anthem again? Mm-hmm. And what would you say as a leader of that movement? And he said, uh, as a leader of the NFL, um, how would you, what's your role in that? And he said, um, after seeing all the other uh, players protest, he said, I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag um, in reference to players taking a knee during NFL games for the, the national anthem plan. Mm. Well, then. <clears throat> uh, will, now you've you've actually been marching down there in Miami, right? Yup, for the last three, four days, we've been out doing our thing. Where, where, um, staying, staying safe. I hope. Oh, definitely, peaceful. Exactly. We're not them guys. We're not the ones. Don't don't listen to what you see on the news, man. We're not the ones breaking windows. <laughs> sure ain't. That's not what I've been seeing. But anyway, I don't get into that. I'll let you guys get through this. Um, we, <clears throat> we actually stopped guys from doing that. We linked arms, stood behind the CBS, and prevented people from taking that route. Outstanding. Outstanding, and folks, if you if you haven't done your research on this, um, there there are a lot of video instances where there's folks coming from outside of the town, outside of the city, outside of the neighborhoods, and just coming in and just messing stuff up and encouraging people to do the same. And yet we see people like Will and, and these protesters, not the rioters, the protesters from those neighborhoods, saying, "Get the fuck out out of here," because we we're not trying to roll that route. This this is about change, not about you know, smashing necessarily property and things of that nature. But yeah, Will, go ahead, man. What you, what you think about uh, Breeze's comments, bro? You know, <laughs> to me, it's just ignorance. You know, keeping your head in the sand, and it's, I think it was very disrespectful to his teammates who were, you know, struggling with these issues. Their friends, their family have to deal with this every day. Mm-hmm. And just to be so dismissive, selfish, and ignorant to what's going on in the world, I just think it's a terrible look for him, especially in this climate. That's not a knock on his beliefs. I think it's a knock on just his statements in the environment that we're in right now. I think it's, and, you know, at this stage, you know, Colin Kaepernick explained himself. The flag stands when you pledge allegiance to the flag, you put your hand over your heart. For liberty and justice for all. You know, justice for all. The key word in that is all. You know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, they're not getting justice. And they're not the first time that's happened. These are the only instances that have been captured on cell phone camera footage. We see this thing in our neighborhoods every weekly, daily, you know, year after year after year. And it didn't really blow up like this until we could capture it with camera footage. So for him to 
completely dismiss it and be ignorant of everything that's going on right now, I think was very disappointing. Now, I think we have to remember who the messenger is. You know, he gets paid to throw a football and read defenses. And by having that talent, it's allowed him to, you know, accumulate millions of dollars. And now he has a platform. And that platform allows him to speak on topics that he's ignorant to. So he really has no business mm. having a voice in this movement at all. Just the fact that he makes the money he does and got to the position he got into, he's going to be asked difficult questions like this. But, I mean, at the end of the day, his opinion is irrelevant. You know, he's an athlete and he has no obligation to be a part of this movement and we don't need him to be a part of it. But right. to just totally dismiss it like he, the way he did and, you know, disrespect Kaepernick's stance and make it about the flag, which it never was. I think the whole narrative about disrespecting the flag in the military was an attempt to create a distraction from what the true issues were that Kaepernick was trying to tell them, which was we're trying to fight injustices in black communities with police brutality. So nobody wanted to hear that. They wanted to dismiss the issues and make it about the flag and the military to create a distraction. And Drew Brees wants to be a part of the distraction instead of the issue. And that's the way I perceived it. Now, because he's an athlete and his opinion on this topic is irrelevant, he's not going to be a part of the solution. It, you know, it really doesn't matter to me. I just think the people who he has to explain it to is his teammates. So when these facilities reopen, let's see what he does when he has to look out with Kamara, Michael Thomas, Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, you know, um, the his offensive linemen, you know, all these guys in the eyes and tell them that their lives don't matter. You know, he doesn't care about the issues that them and their families and their friends have to face day in and day out. And that's when we'll see, you know, how it'll go over in the locker room. Because right now, We've seen a lot of his own teammates call him out and tell him that's not, you know, that's not, that's not it, bro. <laughs> so. <laughs> that ain't it, homie. So, that ain't it, man. So, you know, I mean, we'll, you know, it is what it is. You know, I don't expect everybody to relate to what we go through. And I understand that, you know, you have your privileges. Guys like Drew Brees have privileges and don't experience this day in and day out. So they're going to be ignorant to the topic. But the difference is some of them want to be educated and listen to us, while others want to keep their head in their sand, ignore it, and stay in their comfort bubble. My thing is, if you choose the latter, you don't want to learn about it and stay in your comfort bubble, just please shut the fuck up and let us achieve progress so that we can have the same privileges that you do. Mm-hmm. Right on, Ben. Well said. Well said. Uh, Mr. Avery. <laughs> Take it easy on him, Kev. Take it easy on him. Nah, I'm, I'm going to keep this kind of short and sweet because, uh, you know, Will and him pretty much emptied the clip. But, uh, you know, here's what I can say. You know, like you said, Tim, you know me, you've been the older cats. You know, me born in 79, you know, being 40 years old. You know, growing up in, in uh, the rural era of South Carolina, you know, I've seen some shit. You know, I've been through some shit. So, 
it's very easily for for me to relate um, to a lot of what's going on. Um, I just think that you know, we have the platform that Drew Brees has. You know, sometimes if I mean, it is your opinion, but sometimes you gotta think of the sensitivity of it and the people that you uh, that you have to deal with. Because if I'm not mistaken, about 80% of your teammates are African Americans. <laughs> you know, and hey, you know that 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 blocking might be a little bit different this year than it was from last. You know, um, hey, you, you know, don't want them problems. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you got to bite the nose to spite your face. They say so. I, I just. Uh, <laughs> Hey, I just I just wouldn't want to be him, but you know that was his right to choose. He felt like he said what he had to say. I just felt like that that conversation was irrelevant to uh, the task at hand. So when you're seeing, you know, police officers kneel, you know, you're saying that you disagree with them. Uh, you know, when you see that that the fact that this whole thing has just enormed to a global, you know, movement. Cause what we got to make sure is that this remains a movement and not a moment. You know, where things going to be at three weeks from now, three months from now, you know, three years from now, you know, mm-hmm. where, where, where's, where's the same, you know, like I always like to say, keep that same energy. So I just want to make sure that, that people who think like Drew Brees are, are are able to finally get the point, you know, and because, you know, you've, you know, from understanding what you went to Purdue, um, career started in San Diego, you're in New Orleans, you've been in New Orleans since 2006. And from what I read, you've been very much involved in the communities. So for me, it's just kind of hard that, you know, being in front of the South, I, I know it's, it's a lot of racial issues and a lot of tensions down down there, particularly in the city of New Orleans. You know, I don't know if you ever went to the Ninth Ward, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, but a lot of your fans are. And so, you know, just, just hearing a lot of, you know, Facebook groups that I'm in, the Saints fans, you know, are torn between this, you know, and and, and uh, I just think that shoot, in this upcoming season, Every player that sat Drew Brees should take a knee right beside him. That would be symbolic. Matter of fact, <laughs> you know, as soon as this podcast is over, I'm 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 going to put that on my Twitter, and I'm gonna tag a minute, and I might just tag a few other star defensive. I might look at every pass rusher that's on his schedule, uh, and 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 let him know, hey, when you see Drew Brees take and sack him this season, take a knee. Mm-hmm. You know, let them let let them get something like that would 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 definitely get the uh, get the point across. Uh, he's probably glad that he can't get tapping in practice because mm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure right now, <laughs> you know, Cam Jordan might, you know, what I'm saying based on what I'm seeing on Twitter, you know, Cam Jordan might just get him the 41 year old bones a little bit more than what he's been wanting. You know, he done had that red jersey on all these years. You know, so, uh, oops, my bad. Hey, we'll see how it goes, but uh, oops, my bad. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you know, had Jameson that coming there and eating W's again, you know. 
what the hell was that? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, overall though, uh, I just think that his his point, his opinion was not well thought of, and even if he felt that way, that this was not the time and the place for it. So, um, but he has the right to feel the way he feels. But when you're on that platform, when you when you speak your words, know that it comes with, with repercussions. And uh, and best believe that uh, your teammates are definitely look, are probably looking at you differently now. And don't get me wrong, I hate the, I, I hate the Saints like I hate anybody else in our division. But my hate for them is a little bit more. Uh, this just kind of as a fan just adds, uh, you know, as they like to say, pepper the gumbo a little bit more more for me as a fan. So pepper the gumbo. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I close it off by saying that uh, fuck the Saints. <laughs> my man. Real talk though. Real talk, fuck the Saints, the football team. But at the same time, as men, I got to give props to Michael Thomas, to Alvin Kamara, Emmanuel Sanders, Cam Jordan, Marcus Colston, all these guys for calling out Drew Brees on his bullshit and telling him that's not it, bro. So as men, you know, fuck the Saints all day, every day, the football <laughs> team, but as individual players and men on that team, I got to get him respect for standing up to him and telling him what's real. Right on, man. Well said. Man. Um. <laughs> so let me get this straight. So Drew Drew said this from the comfort of his home, correct? Yes, sir. So he, w- he wasn't, you know, under any stress or pressure or anything of that nature. He just sat down and had a conversation, right? What, what was in his heart came out, bro. What was in his heart came out. Interesting. Now, folks, I'm I'm just this this is just me. All right, we this this podcast does not represent the Panther organization um, officially. This is just a four man rush, and this is just Timmy Vo. If what comes out your mouth equates to you being comfortable when it comes out your mouth, by God, it's real. That came from the heart. That that earned some type of some type of blowback because because it's not like this man was on stage, you know, in front of the RNC or something. You know, what I mean, this this dude was being interviewed on straight up from his crib and he was comfortable in his slippers, so he he felt he felt pretty damn comfortable, you know. And and hey, like like Will said, everybody is more than entitled to their opinion about a situation, especially something this volatile. But it says something when when compassion does not enter your mind when thinking of something like this. It says something when when you can't think about your fellow Americans being snuffed out on the pavement, on the concrete, in the road for not even a minor infraction. I'm, I, it says something when when you can't feel feel for people like that. Um, and and now I am not excusing in no way, shape, or form any of the destruction that's been going on in these cities. But if you if you've been watching and following this on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, you will see over and over and over again, and we'll testify to this: how the people of the actual communities are banding together and keeping people from destroying shit. It it, it 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 would really it would really make me feel better if Drew Brees would probably have done more research on the situation before he got comfortable and just talking out the side of his fucking neck. Excuse my language. 
for me, folks, you got to understand the pain. You have to understand that anger that has been inside of folks' chest for years. You have to understand a lot of people walking out in these streets have lost somebody to some type of bullshit violence that never should have been there in the first place. And some and folks say media pumps it up, media pushes it, whatever. And, you know, they report the quote unquote news. Sure. But they don't they don't report everything. Especially when it comes to the black community, we don't have media hype like that. So what you're seeing is a snippet of what goes on in black communities across this country. That's the problem. And that's what that's what bothers me about what Drew Brees said, knowing that he's been around black men pretty much all his freaking life playing the game of football. And you don't understand that. Shit. Son, you, 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 you might come to work, but you ain't working with anybody. That's why he knows a playbook like that. Because he don't know his players. Real talk. And that's all I have to say about that. Thank you very much for listening. And Tim, let me just clarify, you know, when I, you know, we'll hit it on the spot. Um, you know, uh, from a football point, yeah, it's always fuck the Saints, fuck the Falcons, fuck the Bucks, because it's, it's divisional rivals, you know, from a football aspect. But, you know, definitely, you know, big, you know, big props to to not only his own teammates, but for other contemporaries around the league. Uh, I saw where the Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers, um, you know, stood up and called him out on it. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that like we were discussing, you know, during the pregame um, before coming on that. The key to our quest to finally get some equality right here just might just be the fact that white people are getting more involved now than ever before with the movement. Because think about it, we're only black people. We're only 14 percent of the country in population. You know, so even if you had every single black person on board and doing it, we're still a very small. And matter of fact, I think we are the smallest minority in the country. If I'm not mistaken, because I know the percentage, if I looked up for uh, the Latino community was, was bigger than ours. I'm not yes. sure about the Asians. Nah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the, the key to this is um, is 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 our fellow, you know, white friends and white Americans, you know, just being involved and getting in. And what I've been seeing is just, you know, my dad, God rest his soul, he would have loved to see, you know, that type of unity. You know, because he was on the front line when there was the water hoses and the dogs and, and all that back in the day. Uh, so to, to see that it's to manifest it to yeah, where it is now, um, I think he would have been, um, you know, would have been very proud to see it. So I uh, I just think that this whole thing is, um, you know, it was a much needed, much needed shakeup. Now, I don't agree, as stated, with all the, you know, the violence and destruction um, you know, because, uh, I, I, you know, I, you know, I just, I don't, I don't want people taking advantage of a, of a bad situation for quote material possession gains. But mm-hmm. in the words of MLK, you know, riding is the voice of the unheard, you know? So, uh, we've been peaceful. We've been praying. We've been doing this for decades. We still not getting heard, Real you know? Yeah, so, yeah. yep. That's all I have to say on that. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I have a 
a lot of a lot of people defending Breeze will bring up his efforts after Hurricane Katrina, building homes and all the charitable work he does in the New Orleans community in defense of him. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I appreciate when players and organizations do that kind of thing. But just keep in mind, Jerry Richardson was also charitable throughout the Carolinas and did a lot for black communities in those areas. But did that stop him from disrespecting women in his organization or using racial slurs to insult mm-hmm. employees in his organization and make them feel like shit? No. Mm-hmm. You know, so miss me with using money as, you know, to hide behind being, you know, insensitive to issues in minority communities. You know, what's mm-hmm. right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And we mm-hmm. have to give credit where it's due and criticize when it's due at the mm-hmm. right times. Mm. I'll say this because um, the fellas have are really gone in on this one. They, they hit every nail on every head, I think. But uh, I'll say this for for our our listeners right now. I would say uh, if you don't, if you're not sure what privilege is, I want to tell you, um, privilege is taking an imagination and then projecting that imagination onto reality with no wake up call. So what I think with this Drew this Drew Brees thing, um, he has taken a question that was about protesting something that's very real and very prevalent. Um, in today's society, and he he now projects his um, his own views and morals on those on that reality, in spite of the suffering of the people that he works with. Like seventy percent of the NFL is black. There's no way any of this is foreign to him. He he can't go to work without seeing a black person. Not exactly. like if you look exactly. on the Saints roster right now, probably a, a vast majority of them are African Americans. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can't you can't distance yourself from from their struggle because you I know you see it like you're literally in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no way you can't see it and recognize what's going on, and mm-hmm. then you still felt comfortable with with saying all this. So mm-hmm. it just goes to show. I don't think Drew Brees even was very much pressed of, of whatever was going on um, as far as protests and riots. I don't even know if he. I don't even know if he uh, he even much cares about it, but um, I think it's very telling um, how he responded, and of course he has his he has every right to feel. Well, I wouldn't even say every right. He has he has the ability to feel how he feels. Yeah. But but you can't even like you can't even understand and take from a perspective that this isn't even about your your cloth or your song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. That, that that was just baffling to me. Yeah, I I, I really wish I, I really wish I didn't know this about Drew, man. He completely. And again, right? This is this is this is his personal right, his personal feelings versus his football prowess. The man's a hell of a quarterback. I mean, he he'll go down as one of the baddest motherfuckers out there now. Don't don't trip. But man, from a personal standpoint, brother, I, you wow, you just really threw a lot of shading yourself for me, brother. That was crazy. Go ahead, Will. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just think JD used a great word: is privilege. I mean, he talk even when the example he used about his father being a part of the military and having the utmost respect for the flag. Well, guess what? Both my grandfathers were on that same military, but guess what happened when they came home? Mm. They had to deal with segregation. They couldn't use white restrooms. 
They couldn't use white water fountains. Mm -hmm. They couldn't eat at white restaurants. Mm -hmm. You know, my granddad was a truck driver, and on his route, him and his uh, co-worker were hungry and wanted to pull over to a, a restaurant and eat. Their response was, we'll let the white guy eat, but we won't feed your guy that's with you. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't able to get anything to eat on his truck route. So why can't black veterans have the same privileges as white veterans? And I think that continues to this day. Black veterans come home and have to deal with the same police brutality and oppression in their communities. Yeah. So yeah. it's not that we want Drew Brees to be the leader of this movement. I mean, that couldn't, that's not what we're asking them to do. <laughs> All we're saying is shut the fuck up, step aside, and don't get in the way as we try to fight to get the same privileges that you have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in a time like this, folks, it's, it's best to listen, right? And that's on, that's on every, everybody. Well, it's, it's best to listen to each other. However, we have to also keep in mind why we listen, why we're listening and what we're listening for. OK, when, when somebody goes through something as traumatic as losing a loved one um, you know, tragically to somebody who is supposed to uphold the law and save lives for no reason. Right. That that, that pain. Right. It, it resonates with a lot of different people because, again, right, it, it, this has happened to the community for years. So, so li listening and, and understanding um, how people feel. Right. Will alleviate that, quote unquote, privilege point of view, because now instead of being privileged. Right. You're understanding. Right. You're compassionate. You have this 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 avenue of communication that can open up now. And and, and both sides will realize that we have more in common than not. Right. We, we have a common goal. And that is that is that's a peaceful country that that is that should be the common goal overall. Right. Kevin, Kevin and I are veterans. Okay, we we've we've <laughs> we we've slung shit with, with a whole bunch of shades, folks. And you know, it's it's evident, it's evident that we all we all have more in common as Americans dealing with this dealing with this pain than we realize. It's just that we don't we don't have an avenue of communication. Everybody wants to talk, but. Nobody, well, not, I'm not going to say nobody, but the right people don't want to listen, I should say. Um, because as Kevin pointed to, we are a small populace in this country, right? Which means our voting power is not that strong. But we, if we have enough allies, right, and we can understand one another from that aspect, even despite the political avenues, we can come together as a unit and get certain things done in this country to make it safer and better and more enjoy enjoyable, especially for the little ones, because they are watching us. Don't forget that. Cameras on everywhere, folks. These kids are, are, do are tuned in and they ain't got school neither. They are soaking this up every second. Let's not forget that, please. So. Drew Brees, no, good luck to you, fine. Good luck to you. Go ahead, Will. <laughs> no, I think, you know, like we talk about platforms, Drew Brees should be irrelevant to this discussion. When you look at a TV, 
mean, what we're doing here in Miami, true. what I'm seeing in Charlotte, New York, D.C., L.A., mm-hmm. all 50 states across the world, Paris, mm-hmm. you know, France, all, yeah, you know, London, Paris in France, but Paris, London, London yeah. all these countries across the world are protesting racial injustice in America. It's just a beautiful thing to see yeah. all these people come together. Yeah. So I think just keeping the focus on ignorant people that can't relate like Drew Brees who kind of live in their bubble and live off their privileges versus people that are on the streets every day protesting and trying to make a difference Mm -hmm. and actually opening their ears and listening to the issues at hand and wanting to give all Americans liberty and justice for all that just can't go ignored so I mean I don't want to allow guys like Breeze's comments to overshadow what's really going on across America right now. It's a beautiful thing to see these young guys fight for their freedoms that they're granted by the Constitution. You know, I do my mm-hmm. best to be out there with them, but my 36-year-old legs, you know, can't keep up with the <laughs> 18, 19, and 20-year-olds as much yeah. as they used to. So yeah. I do my part, though, man. It's just great to see everybody come together like this. Right on. Yeah, we, we appreciate you, Will. And everybody else out there who was, you know, protesting in a peaceful manner and doing it, doing it the right way. I'm, I'm sorry, folks. You know, we, I, I get I get we got to shake we got to shake some feathers, man. But, you know, there's 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 also that element that 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 ensures that everybody's safe. And, you know, that's and that's what Will's a part of. And, you know, and I, I much much respect to everybody out there who's uh, who's standing up and speaking out. No doubt. Anyway, so. Um, any parting shots, gentlemen? <laughs> Shout out to Coach Rule. That's a leader right there, folks. That's a leader right there. All right, uh, Kev. Any parting shots, man? You good? Um, again, never want to take it for granted. Just want to thank uh, each and every single supporter of the Four Man Rush on all of our social media accounts and platforms. We just want to make sure that. You know that every time you listen to our voice that you are appreciated and that we do thank you for your continued support for man rush is growing um things are slowly falling into place a piece at a time for us and we uh we appreciate you um riding on with us on this journey inviting others to come with you on this journey with us and um just again just want to thank you for the support right on man well, um, folks, yeah, we we've come a long way. We're, we've almost got our sixtieth episode. We're we're on, we're on the cusp of sixty. Yeah. Oh. And whoa, no. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, I forgot. This is the. Oh man. We, and we talked about it. We just want to mention it real quick before we get off the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is episode fifty nine, right? Yeah, five nine. This is Luke Kickley. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on this little kick episode, before we, before we close out too quick, you know, let's just drop the fact that uh, it was made known today that uh, yeah, that Luke Keekley is a strong possibility of joining the Panthers as a scout with this upcoming season. Uh, this upcoming um, season. So, uh, you know, if the other fellas, I want to chime in on that, but um, you know, hey, that's enough for me. Um, <laughs> Who know, who knows what that what, what that will lead him to? So um, I love yeah, it. Luke Keekley uh, is uh, going to be back joining the Panthers in, in the uh, 
seems to be in a scattered apartment. So on this Luke Keekley episode, we, we definitely uh, glad we definitely had to make mention of that as well. Luke. Shouts <laughs> out to Luke, bro. Five nine. Yeah, man. Imagine in 2025, 2026, new Panthers general manager Luke Kuechly. How that sound? Man, yeah, I know we got a lot of um, comments about why a scout and not a defensive coordinator or a linebackers coach. Reason is, as a pro scout or starting in the scouting department, that's the first step you take towards becoming a general manager. So you start as a pro scout or college scout promotion to national scout or head of scouting department and you elevate to director of pro personnel and then that's when you're a candidate to be a general manager of a team so Luke Keekly seems to be want to take that career path to become a general manager of a football team so he'll follow in the footsteps of guys like you know Ozzie Newsom, former player great GM hmm. for many years for the Baltimore Ravens hmm. John Lynch was just in the Super Bowl last year with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, John Elway won a Super Bowl, unfortunately, <laughs> with the Denver Broncos. <laughs> so Luke Keekley just wants to follow in the footsteps of other. I'm sure there's many more, but he just wants to follow in the footsteps of other former players that become GMs. And I think he has that talent, man. It's, you know, Luke won with his mind. You know, he... Mm. Not only made plays for himself from his film study, but he put his teammates in position to make plays as well. I think with that kind of football knowledge and intelligence, you can't let that leave your organization. It's going to be it's an asset. You just have to be able to utilize it in different ways. So mm. this is a guy I want to keep in this organization as long as we can. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm I'm excited for the guy, man. Knowing knowing his preparations. And the way he used to come at things, man, you, bro, you, you give him a, you give him a, a topic or something to concentrate on, but he's going all in. He's dissecting the heck out of some stuff, man. And you know, he, he knows, he knows what to look for when it comes to players and things of that nature. Just you know, it, it, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for him, man. I, I'm, I'm really excited for him. Nobody deserves it better than Luke. He, he's, he's such a stand-up dude, man. I, oh man, I hate that he had to leave, man. But yeah. Go ahead. Hey, can, I, can I give y'all some breaking news real quick? Oh, break it. And this is from our very own um, Carnado Gray James. Um, Kenny G. He's had a, yeah, K-Jizzle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, currently they're showing right now live on TV that Saints fans are currently burning Drew Brees jerseys and are chanting, fuck Brees. These are Saints fans right now in the city of New Orleans. They are really... Feeling some kind of way about that. <laughs> Same fans that dubbed them Drew Brees' Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> hey yo. Oh my God. Okay. Well, um. Well, Drew. <laughs> Man, look, he in uh he in New Orleans, bro. I mean, you're talking about jazz musicians that came out of there from yeah. back in the day. Yeah. All the way to now, you're the cash money millionaires, no oh, limit. Man. Back in the 90s to nowadays with the culture that's coming out of that man, look. Oh, man. You know, in, in that community, to say that, come on now, man. Bruh. around. It's just a classic example of privilege, having your head in the sand, living your bubble, and being ignorant to issues outside of your household. 
And, that, and that's and that's another thing I don't get. Do you ever think about your fans, bro? Do you ever think about the Saints franchise? Do you ever think, I mean, <laughs> and that never crossed your mind, Drew, bro? How long you been playing there? You know what I'm saying? How many hands have you shook? How many high fives of fans, black fans have you? Come on, bro. I mean, have a little compassion. But that bubble is strong. I guess what's what happens when you're a multimillionaire. I don't know. But, uh, yay, yay, yay. Damage control. <laughs> it's too bad we got Teddy. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> wow. The Saints fans regretting that now. Oh, buddy. Teddy now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, that's, yeah. I mean, that's $25 million well invested, right? Boom. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, the... the Hey, them, them, them streets hit differently when you walk down um, Bourbon Street now in the French Quarter. Go ahead, Breeze, go on and, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, in the words of DJ, uh, walk it out. Uh, ah, walk it out. Walk it out. <laughs> Shit, go, in the, go talk to his fans with Breeze jerseys and the Magnolia Projects and see what they got to say. Man, he better not even go to the war, bro. Man, don't even think about it. None of them. <laughs> nah, nah, nutter. And I have to say, I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm a type. I'm a karma kind of guy. Then what? What did Sean Payton kind of set us up for some type of uh, BS when he spilled the beans about us setting up some type of trade or something? Yeah, was, signing a yeah, signing a um, trying to sign an undrafted free agent while the draft is still going on. Uh, some 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 quarterback. I can't think of the uh, the kid's name that they ended up. Trading back into the seventh round to uh, the pick, how they felt like we was gonna, you know, be signing him as soon as the draft was over. But, uh, uh, but, but, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Karma's a bitch, ain't she? <laughs> now, I gotta say though, Peyton down for the cause, though, man. Oh, for um, sure, nah. As a yeah. football coach, but he he said some good things I like. Yeah, I was, I was props to you know. Shout out to them people from New Orleans, one of my favorite cities to visit. You know, fuck y'all football team, but. <laughs> I love y'all city, y'all some good people, and I have a great time every time I'm out there. Right still on. fuck y'all fo- fuck y'all football team. I don't like them. <laughs> uh, what up, Tulane? What's going on? What's good? What's good, Tulane? Uh, I'm a fan of the food, drinks, and the women in New Orleans, so shout out to all of them as well. Shoot, that's New Orleans right there, homie. Yeah. Hmm. Now I've yet to get a beignet, man. I'm I'm trying to get down and get one of them beignets, bro. I, I gotta get one of those, man. Lord of mercy. But fuck y'all football team. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first and last. <laughs> All right. You know, they yeah, have yeah. an ass. You know, Mercedes Benz and said they're not renewing their sponsorship with you guys. So Ooh. you know, might as well call it Skull South. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Skull South Stadium. Skull. <laughs> Skull. Skull. <laughs> yeah, we got jokes tonight, Kyle. We got we got jokes tonight, y'all. Oh man. Ain't nothing like the four man rush, I tell you. Alright, folks. Um we we're we're done complaining. Um <laughs> We're done keeping it real for now. Uh, but hey, we hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Um even though again it was it's dire circumstances right now, man, but but you know, above all, but stay safe. Um, keep your eyes and ears open. 
uh, make sure you stay informed of what's going on in this country. Uh, this is uh, again, this is it's some uncertain times. So we still got COVID out there. Um, I know locally um, in the uh, Winston Salem area, um, we've we've had a, a small spike uh, in one of our one of our nursing homes that have been that has been COVID free during this whole time has now contracted their first case. Um, so, folks, please be please be careful out there. Um, I'm, I'm me me personally. I'm just being logical about this. There's going to be an unexpected spike in COVID cases just because of the the, the close quarters and, and association in these cities across the, across the state and across the across the globe. Um, you know, people are being precautious, but there's going to be another spike. So just uh, just just be prepared for that. Okay. Oh man, enough of the bad news already. Jesus freaking Christ. Okay. <laughs> I know one thing. Ain't nobody gonna want to see us on that field when that defense steps out there. I know that shit. Y'all ain't gonna want to see that. We're gonna act a damn fool on that field on that defense. And CMC's gonna get a double K again. Watch. You heard it first. Don't give us 16 games. You're gonna get you're gonna get you're gonna get toe up. Don't give us 16. Don't do it. <laughs> All right, folks. Whether you listen to this podcast in the morning, afternoon, or evening, we really, 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 really glad that you uh checking us out. Um, please stay safe. Um, keep your hands away from your face. Wash your hands. Water your garden. Feed your dog. Pet your cat. And as always, keep pounding. And that's a goddamn clear. Let's go. Sir. Shit. How they gonna like that one? We'll find, we'll find out. <laughs> The All Lives Matter crew. They ain't gonna like that. Nah, they ain't gonna like it. Too right. <laughs> they better be glad Larry and Monty went on this bitch. Oh, man. Right. Bro. Boy. Bro, I'm PG. I'm PG compared to them. Boy. <laughs> I'm PG. I'll give myself PG 13. Yeah, yeah. They, they rated off. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boy. You talking about motivation. Shoot. No, the cuss we did tonight, I'm surprised uh, JD's house ain't on fire, bro. Bro, it got <laughs> hot. I had to go downstairs. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> it said it got hot. Yeah, y'all was bringing the heat. The block is hot. The block is hot. <laughs> Shit. Tim was in his bag, though. Hey. Yeah, I got something to get off my chest. Oh, uh, hey. <laughs> Man. First of all, let me tell you something. She love it, we out in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill out the covers and do we call me and you love us. The Four Men Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you.